Welcome back to Work Upgraded. Today I'm going to be reflecting on an article I read recently from Julie Zhao on the future newsletter from A16Z. Now this article is about the power of product thinking. Julie, if you don't know, worked for a really long time in product roles at Facebook and has done her own startups and she also writes a lot about leadership which is also super interesting. But today I'm more interested in unpacking her observations about this concept of product thinking because I think this concept definitely applies to organisations beyond uh, the traditional ones where you might think it applies. So beyond digital product and physical product organisations, even into service organisations or uh, I think that even applies in the not-for-profit world. So in her article, uh, Julie starts off with a bit of a background in what product thinking is. Her description is very much um, grounded in the digital product world. Um, And she talks about this idea of a product obsession, but not just, you know, which is your favorite product? um, What's your latest app that you're using or the coolest phone that you use or something like that? But Product thinking for her more comes down to the way in which you analyse why a product is appealing or popular, both in terms of analysing your own response to a product and others' responses to that product. In order to develop this skill, which she certainly sees as a skill or an intuition that can be developed, it's not something you have to be intuitively born with, Um, developing this skill, she sees there are two key skills to it. One is the skill of observation and the other is the skill of inquiry. So under observation, she talks about this idea that you start paying attention to how people react to products. That could include yourself, your friends, uh, the broader market. Just understanding how are people responding. Um, And you can get this from reviews. You can get this from talking to people. um, You can analyze data relating to uptake of things. And that is where you start to gather the data um, that later your intuition will rely on. The next part is really important, which is this inquiry, where you actually ask the why about the things you have observed, why those things happening. So she says uh, a couple of ways to develop this could be reading books about human thinking and behavior, um, dissecting things that are popular through articles and discussions that are happening in the zeitgeist. You can also get customer feedback directly um, or talk to others in your world and network about why they're having the reactions they do. Once you put these two things together, so the observation and the inquiry, you start to develop an idea of the why. Why are products engaging? Why are they popular? Why are they successful? Now, I think this mindset can be really useful in a lot of different contexts outside the digital product world and something we could actually all apply to various aspects of our work. But I would go a step further than Julie in describing product thinking um, in the sense that I think it also involves seeing things through the frame of products. An example that I feel best illustrates this comes from my role on a not-for-profit. 
the services we provide certainly aren't a product in a traditional sense. It's not very tangible. Uh, it's hard to necessarily draw the boundaries around what that is. But I still think we can conceive of these things as products, particularly when we talk about the fundraising side of things, maybe for the clients that we help, not so much, but when we are trying to essentially sell the idea of our service to a funding body, applying this idea that it's like a product and we need to understand what are the features of the service, um, what's the unit cost of the service and all of these kind of things can really help us frame that uh, in a way that is easier to fund essentially because you get a better concept of what it is your money is going towards. Uh, charities have used this idea for a little while. You might be familiar with the idea of, you know, buying school supplies for a kid from a low socioeconomic background. You put a certain amount of donation towards that company and they tell you essentially what you're buying um, or, you know, buying a chicken or a cow or something for someone in a developing country. But I definitely think this can be applied a lot more broadly. And then once you are conceiving of your service or the thing that you do through that product lens, you can then apply the observation and inquiry steps that Julie talks about to start unpacking whether or not your product is actually engaging to the people that you need it to engage. So in my not-for-profit example, if we were to break down one of our services and start conceiving of it as a product, we could then start to observe how different funders respond to that product or respond to similar products from other not-for-profits. And then as we start to inquire into those observations, it'll help us understand how we can better position ourselves to access the funding we need in order to continue having an impact. Thanks for joining me again today and have a great day upgrading work.